we want to kind of take luck and remove it from the equation and make it so that as a Palestinian, it, this becomes something that you can use to your advantage. Welcome to Dream Radically Podcast, brought to you by Foundation for Liberating Minds. Dreaming radically is a necessity if we are to reach a world of liberation for all marginalized peoples. Imagining the world we want to see and then fighting like hell to go and get it. Dream radically is a hope, a strategy, a goal of altering the status quo in our quest for social transformation. Join us on this journey. Let's dream. Hi, everyone. It's Dana Mahmoud. I am the head of the mentorship program and a Global Vision team member with the Foundation of Liberating Minds, and I will be your host for today's episode of Dream Radically. I'm joined today by Marwan Abdelhamid, founder of Grow Home App. As a part of the Palestinian diaspora, we hope to find ways to help Palestinian communities back home. The Grow Home App is in development to bridge that gap, a way to bring Palestinians all across the globe closer together. Hello. How are you doing today, Morwan? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How is being back home? It's cool. You know, my, my girlfriend, my American girlfriend is here with me in Amman. So I've been taking her all over the place. It's, it's fun. Great. Wonderful. So tell us a little about yourself, Marwan. Who are you? What do you do? Um, so my name is Marwan Abdelhamid. I'm an entrepreneur and an artist. So I make music as well. And I also, you know, create content. A lot of it is um, surrounding Palestinian history. You know, I think there's a large gap in this market, which is um, Palestinian history told through the eyes of the indigenous population. I think that a lot of our history is told to us from the outside. Um, it's taught to us, you know, through the lens of different empires, like the Byzantines, the Romans, but never was our history taught and, and even, you know, researched through the lens of the indigenous Palestinian population that has continuously lived there for the past 4,000 years. And it's a shame, you know, so I really tried to reclaim that narrative. Um, Edward Said is one of my biggest inspirations, and he's very big on centering Palestinian voices and, and, so, and listening to Palestinians as opposed to listening to Americans or listening to Westerners and Europeans, because a lot of the times history is written by the beneficiaries. And unfortunately, Palestinians have not been the beneficiaries of history. Therefore, our struggles and our histories have always been just overlooked and narratives have been imposed on us, which is a real shame. So this is kind of what drives me in my work. Uh, I'm also a student. I, I just turned 20. So i um, you know, your question, who are you? I'm still discovering that. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, yeah, you being 22, as you're doing all of this, um, your content is fantastic. I do follow you on Instagram. You do take Palestinian history and bring it down for all of us who are genuinely confused. So I am also Palestinian. I grew up here in America, so I genuinely don't know anything about our people, our history, I don't know, except for, I guess, what has been fed to me, right? It's a shame because I got a message, I remember this summer, when I was just getting started, and this girl from Philadelphia, I believe, she told me, she's like, you know, I used to be ashamed of being Palestinian. And then I came across your videos, and now I rep Palestine wherever I go. I'm like, why would you be, like, for me, I, un I understand it, but the fact that we could be ashamed of being Palestinian is something that just makes me so sad. See, growing up here, it's very weird. 
I grew up being told that I was the villain, right? And nobody knows our history here except for the conflict. So in the eyes of Americans, I'm like, oh, what do I tell you? Like 11 years old. I mean, I distinctly remember having a teacher at like 14 constantly telling me that, you know, my identity is not real. I am not real. (laughs) Frankly, you would tell me he's going to marry me off to a little Jewish boy. So, you know, hearing things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Hearing things like that. It makes you hate yourself. It makes you hate who you are. You don't know who you are, but you don't like it, especially when you don't know. Yeah. I see how that could distance you from your origins. So a little bit of background on me. I'm only one fourth Palestinian, genetically speaking. My mom is half French, half Algerian. My dad is half Serbian, half Palestinian. So each one of my grand, grandparents is like a diff, comes from a different part of the world. Mm-hmm. But I was born in Jerusalem and I grew up in Gaza. And to me, that is a blessing. The fact that I was able to live in the homeland and you know experience it, even though I had to leave in 2007 and come to Jordan, still growing up in this part of the world, it really shapes you. And uh, I'm eternally grateful for the decision that my parents took to move to Gaza in like, I think it was 1997. I unfortunately couldn't, um, my mother couldn't give birth to me in Gaza at the time in 2000, just because it was the start of the second Intifada and it wasn't the right thing to do. So I was born in Jerusalem, but my brother is born in Gaza. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a blessing to be a Palestinian. I, I think that it's beautiful and uh, people, should, and people should envy us because you look at our history, you know, post 48 and it's a, it's a story of resilience. It's a story of, of national unity and a cause that kind of binds people together due to shared trauma. A lot of it is shared trauma, and I think it's a shame, but it just, like, you know, you and I, we've never met, but we still have that North Star. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right? And But the thing is, I don't see Palestine as a geographical entity. I see it, and I always explain Palestine as this global empire of 11 million people spread out across the world. And when you start to think of Palestine as that, as a global empire, like that, okay, maybe we have more power than they tell us. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're more powerful. When you realize that the VP of Apple, um, Suruji, he's a Christian Palestinian, VP of Apple, and we don't know that they don't tell us that on, on, on Wikipedia, it says Israeli executive. Mm-hmm. Israeli Ukrainian, Suruji. His last <laughs> name is right? And they say he's, he's, they say he's Israeli. You have people like Muhammad Hadid. You have people working at Google that are Palestinians. You have people like Ahmad Ashkar, the founder of the Hall Price Foundation that are Palestinian. And we're just really successful, but we're not mobilized. And there's been a concentrated effort that's sort of dividing us. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It really sucks. So also what I try to do is to not just unite blindly, but to mobilize the force that we have as Palestinians that want to help one another. That's what my, uh, my business is. Um, Really, like I told you, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a, a business. And what we do is we connect the diaspora to entrepreneurs back home. And this is the app that you're talking about, right? Mm. So it's called Grow Home. It hasn't launched yet. Uh, you know, this is the first time I, so I never studied business and I, I never thought I would even get into business. But you, you, you learn through experiences. And I think that creating a business to solve a problem is one of the most fulfilling things that you can do because you see a problem. And you're like, okay, I'm going to solve it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so for me, the problem that we're solving with Grow Home is the lack of democratization of opportunities. That's kind of a word, like it's a mouthful, but at the core, it's opportunities are not attached to clouds. They're attached to people. Yeah. And we want to kind of take luck and remove it from the equation 
and make it so that as a Palestinian, it, this becomes something that you can use to your advantage. So here's how the platform works. You're an entrepreneur living in Palestine, in Gaza, right? The fact that you're Palestinian on Grow Home is going to give you access to a network of hopefully 11 million Palestinians that want to help you. You can go, you can be like, yo, I need someone to help me with my marketing strategy. I need someone to give me a $30,000 pre-seed investment. I need someone to help me with my branding. I need someone to do a graphic design logo for me. And these Palestinians are going to help Palestinians. Because you search how to help Palestine on Google, what comes up? Petitions. You have these big NGOs that you don't know where your money's going, right? And so what we decided was like, what better way to use our resources as a diaspora than to pour it back into Palestine, into the entrepreneurial ecosystem that is actually emerging right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten very emerged into this ecosystem and I see that these people are have ideas, but they're just lacking opportunities. And we have the resources as diasporas to make things happen over there. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of that's a little summary of, of, of Grow Home and the, the mission behind it. Yeah, that's wonderful. That is like tangible help and connection. Yes. It's also about networks, right? Like one phone call. I always say this. One phone call between a Palestinian living in Silicon Valley, working at Google, and a Palestinian living in Gaza, starting a a fishing company, I don't know. One phone call between them changes both of their lives. One 30-minute phone call can open up, you know, I always talk about the power of believing in someone. I have a mentor that believes in me. And I've seen the past three months, the power that that gives me. The fact that someone that I respect and I admire, and a Palestinian, the fact that he believes in me, has given me, has opened my my mind to things that I never thought that I would be able to accomplish. Now, my goal for 2021 is to reach a million streams on on Spotify for for one of my songs. And I know it's going to happen because people believe in me. So what I say is I'm not better than anyone. I'm not smarter than than anyone. I just have opportunities. And so I want to democratize these opportunities as well because Palestinians love Palestinians. This is a fact. We really do. (laughs) We really do. (laughs) Exactly. No one can dispute this. So let's actually put this into effect. Instead of posting on your Instagram story, oh, Israel is bombing Gaza today and this and that. Okay, yeah, sure, spread awareness. But let's actually help these people. Yeah, spreading awareness without doing anything is really not very much. I mean, people know, we know that these things are happening. But Especially in America, what I will say is that there's a lot of, there's a lack of education when it comes to Palestine, and it's done on purpose. Absolutely. Because the second that American public opinion switches on Israel and Palestine, it's over. Mm -hmm. Occupation is over. Mm -hmm. And that's why also I'm I'm, I'm very into, you know, creating content that is catered to an American audience because it's important. It's really weird actually growing up in that. Like I've been seeing that lately, just the American opinion on the conflict in general switching like I said, growing up, people kept telling me that I'm the enemy. Now I tell people that I'm Palestinian. They don't even blink. They they actually know what that is. <laughs> they know where that's at. And it's also, it's a direct result of, uh, in my opinion, social media. This This generation has grown up more interconnected than ever. And I think more empathetic because you see the injustices, mm-hmm. right? You can see an Israeli soldier beating an old man. And when you see that video, that two minute video, you're like, oh my goodness, like these are the bad guys. Like these, yep. this old man, this Palestinian, this is the terrorist. And then you start to think about it. And like, I've had friends that have told me, you know, I used to think like this. And now thanks to you, thanks to what you have told me and the things that you've shown me and everything, I've changed my mind. And I, and I see through all this propaganda that I've been fed my whole life about the chosen people, about um, the fact that, you know, 
This is a small nation the size of New Jersey that's defending itself against six nations or whatever. There's a lot of talking points. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another thing that I'm working on. I'm looking to develop kind of a program to help young Palestinians respond to talking points, Zionist talking points. Yeah. Because I think that this is, we're lacking in this department. It's crazy. Like, because I'm also active, very active on TikTok. And there's like, there's this, you know, Israel-Palestine conflict community of young activists. And it's so toxic, right? But what I think also what's toxic about it is the fact that the Palestinians get so worked up and they get so emotional, but they don't have the knowledge to back up their claims. Like mm-hmm. the, the Israelis will say these things and they'll be like, oh, but this, and they'll be, tick, 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 tick. and then we're just like, but blah, 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 and we just get mad. And I'm like, okay, this hasn't helped our cause at all. So what I want to do is I want to arm the youth with knowledge to be able to go out confidently, confidently without losing your cool, you know, just to state facts. And yep. this is something, I mean, unless you can tell me otherwise, no one is doing this. There is, there is not one person that is actively seeing what they're taught, like the, the talking points, especially on TikTok for these young activists mm-hmm. and giving knowledge to refute them because, you know, the, the, the knowledge is for us, but it's just been stripped away from us on purpose because knowledge is power, right? And they don't want us in power. Absolutely. I can't talk about TikTok. I don't have one. So I don't really know what that community is about. But I mean, even in general, in real life, those things absolutely happen. You know, whenever somebody talks to you about any of these talking points that you are bringing up, I don't know how to reply a lot of the time. I haven't known how to reply until pretty recently since my college years um, is whenever I started digging deep and looking more into my own history, right? Before that, like I said, in high school, I had that teacher saying these things to me. I was 14 years old. What was I supposed to do? What was I supposed to say? And like you said, knowledge is power. I didn't have that at the time. So absolutely. And like you said, TikTok is huge with the young audience. And I think that is where it's going to be the most powerful if young people have that knowledge and then they can grow it as they get older as well with their own research because they will get there. That happened to me. I know that happens to people all the time. When they get older, they're going to grow their own knowledge on top of a really good foundation. That is where the power is really going to come in. I agree. And with TikTok, you only have a minute, right? So you can't really get your information off TikTok. However, I think two months ago or one month ago, one of my videos hit a million views. And to me, or no, what, okay, one of them was at a million and then another one was at 700,000 views. And the one that was at 700,000 views, I talked about my experience with one of my American friends where I was talking about the fact that America has over 800 military bases spread out across the world and how that's just, to me, that's, you know, it's crazy, 800. And so it's even more than 800. But so I was explaining to her and then, you know, talking about American imperialism and I brought up Iraq. I brought up, you know, the invasion of Iraq in 2003 and how that destabilized the whole region and low-key created ISIS. And so then she was like, wait, didn't we go into Iraq to help them? And this is the TikTok that I was creating, right? So I I, I kind of went through the story and she's like, didn't we go to Iraq to help these people? And I was just like, damn, like you're really that brainwashed. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And so I shared that story on TikTok and it got 700,000 views. Yeah. It was 4,000 comments and people are just like, oh my God, like the American school system is so bad and I'm so sorry I had to go through this. And I also used to think like this, but you know, now I'm watching your videos and I'm learning about this. And I don't make videos exclusively to shit on Americans, but some of them I'll go at it and I'll be like, yo, like the American school system 
intentionally misleads students, right? And so it's just crazy to me the, the, how fast I was able to disseminate that information to the world. And then what I always say is, imagine Nelson Mandela had TikTok. Like, imagine Nelson Mandela was able to take the, like something like this mm-hmm. and just speak and disseminate that information to the world. Imagine, yeah. right? Isn't that crazy? Or imagine that Yasser Arafat could do an Instagram live. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, it's crazy. I don't know. If they, maybe, maybe I'm just looking into it too much. But I think that we don't realize how much good we can do with social media and with our phones. Uh, and in the future with augmented reality, I mean, I think that's going to be crazy. But. No, I absolutely see what you're saying, though, because as we were speaking about before with TikTok, right, and like how young people have like they have so much knowledge at their fingertips. I think the reason that we're so connected is because social media and how much knowledge can be spread through it. What I will say about TikTok because I said it was toxic, right? Yeah, because what I see is that on TikTok, it's an ego thing. Where it's like, oh, I just proved you wrong. And I'm I like, feel okay. like that's the internet in general, though. Um, that right. is a lot of social media. You know, we can get into like cancel culture and all of these things. But it is uh, very much like I'm listening to you to prove your point wrong. And once I do that, I'm done. Exactly. But there's no actual discourse in these things. There's no actual true learning from these things. And a part of it is like specifically TikTok, like you said, you only have a minute. There's only mm-hmm. one minute worth of attention span that you get. Maybe you'll get 30 seconds of like comment scrolling <laughs> and then that's right. it. And But I think we can change that. Right? I think that like people have the ability to influence culture. And not to toot my own horn, but I think that I like the, I want to change that culture. I want to be um, one of the pioneers of what I call humane technology, humane social media. Absolutely, um, what yeah. Actually, what I mean, like when you when you talk to people to listen and to understand, because these kids have never been told that what they're doing is wrong. Like on the contrary, they get applauded. Right? It's like, oh, you just oh, wow, that was so good. Like preach or whatever and then, they get like and then, however many likes and that is an yeah. applaud right like, what have you done to change the reality on the ground right but then in my opinion like so I, i'm so glad for for you know for you inviting me to talk about this and stuff but i think that when they hear people talking about these things and and how there is an issue in hand and there's people that are dying these are real people and they're not benefiting from your tiktoks they're not benefiting from the fact that you just um, expose this guy or whatever like there is and that's why I'm so passionate about grow home because grow home is tangible change and it's actually affecting people's life in a positive manner because entrepreneurship is all about solving problems and when you support entrepreneurs especially in Palestine you're giving them an avenue you're giving them a way to express themselves you're giving them a way to generate revenue for their families to put food on the table to actually you know have a life purpose and in Gaza, you know, it's crazy. In Gaza, there's an imbo- there's um, you can't import or export anything. You can't leave. But mm-hmm. what they've created in Gaza is this culture of just coders. Like there are so many coders and software engineers in Gaza because that's the only thing that Israel can't tell you. You can't export technology. Like wow, no technology is borderless. So there's so many coders and software engineers in, in Gaza. There's this academy that's called or it's kind of like an organization it's called Gaza Sky Geeks and they have an accelerator program for entrepreneurs they have a code academy and they also just you know pump out these software engineers that work at Google now Um, they work at all these big companies 
And it just shows you how talented Palestinians are, in my opinion, because you could have just keeled over and just been like, okay, well, now what? But now, no, they literally went out of their way. They're like, we're going to create something out of nothing because we can't import or export anything except technology. They can't stop that. So you just have, you just have a, a shit ton of software engineers in Gaza. I love that. I had no idea about that, actually. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it, like you said, you could have just keeled over. And that is actually so easy. But we haven't, whether that's us, our generation or, you know, any generation before us that our fathers and our grandfathers, our mothers and our grandmothers all did what they could. They all fought back and lived. They all lived however they could and kept doing what they needed to do both to survive wherever they are. Like you said, 11 million Palestinians across the whole world. So they did what they had to do wherever they were and continued to spread awareness. And now we've got the amazing technology of social media to keep going with that, spread even more knowledge, which is exactly what you're doing, and keep going with the amazing app that you're bringing Mm -hmm. up of Grow Home. Love that. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing about Grow Home is it doesn't have to be just for Palestinians, right? It's scalable to every single country that has a diaspora and an emerging entrepreneurial ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I always say, hey, wait until we hit Somalia, wait until we hit Nigeria, India, Ireland. Like these places are going to go crazy. But I want to start in Palestine because I'm a big and firm believer in Palestinian excellence. I always talk about this. I think, <laughs> you know, the world has turned their back on us. So we, let's just help ourselves for, Absolutely. for a second. Let's, Absolutely. Um, let's create something between one another. And, you know, we're so diverse. Like, like there's Palestinians that live in Chile that don't speak Arabic, that, that have grown up in South America, but they are still connected to the land. They still talk about Jerusalem and they still have the connection and this like kind of fantasy of Palestine and what was. And they still love Palestine and whenever they meet a Palestinian, even though they don't speak the language, they still connect with them. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to mobilize this Palestinian excellence and show the world that, you know, we're not just these masaki and, and no, we can actually um, do this for ourselves. And this isn't politically motivated at all, right? Because I think that's one of the pitfalls is when initiatives are driven by politics and driven by a want for people to vote for you and stuff. Grow Home is literally out of a drive to democratize opportunity. That's mm-hmm. it. And um, hopefully that'll drive people towards us because our intentions are pure. Our intentions are to create more successful people, to start in Palestine, to show that we can do it. And then to hopefully change the world. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for the knowledge you have also given me personally through your Instagram. It has made me feel better about where I come from, better about, you know, like you said, the talking points, being able to actually give people the cold, hard facts. There's nothing to dispute about this and made me feel better about, you know, being a Palestinian in general. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you for listening to Dream Radically Podcast brought to you by the Foundation for Liberating Minds. Learn more about the work of Foundation for Liberating Minds at our website, foundationforliberatingminds.org, our social media pages at Foundation4LM, and consider getting connected with the podcast and all our members by supporting this work through our Patreon, patreon.com foundation4lm. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate the pod wherever you're listening. Power, and may tomorrow bring us closer to our radical dreams.